Hello and welcome to the Data Busters podcast, the podcast for all things school data. Well, of all the things we were expecting to have to cover in the podcast, the end of schooling as we know it, for the foreseeable future at least, was not on our planning grid. Schools have turned into something else entirely and parents around the country are getting a crash course in how much work teachers actually do. Schools are closed but not closed and the country is slowly adjusting to the new normal, whatever that turns out to be. So, in the light of 28 Days Later becoming a textbook rather than a film, this month we're going to put our discussion about the reception baseline assessment to one side and ask, what does all this mean for the world of school data? I'm Richard Selfridge, author of Data Busting for Schools, and joining me, as always, is Jamie Pembroke, data buster extraordinaire, insight facilitator, and all-round data guru. Hey, Jamie. All right, mate. How's it going? <laughs> well, what can we say? Yeah. So, again, normally at this point, we would talk about things that we've talked about previously on the podcast, but quite frankly, everything goes to one side. Let's talk about yeah. what's just happened. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk about that. There is only one news story. Isn't there? So. there is only one news story. Exactly. Now, the fascinating thing with this was because we, we had, you know, we've had quite a lot of build up here. So, um, so we had a good sense of uh, that something was coming down the track and there was, it was a good sort of 10 days, two weeks of speculation. But then we yeah. finally had that announcement Wednesday, 18th of March, and basically said, so the announcement was after schools, after you shut your gates on Friday afternoon, schools will remain closed until further notice, except for children of key workers and vulnerable children as part yeah, of the right. country's ongoing response to coronavirus. So, so closed, but not closed. Know, exactly. Yeah, and, exactly. and then the, the, the shenanigans <laughs> over what constitutes a key worker Absolutely. and who should and should not be in school. And should it be children, only children who have parents who are both key workers? Mm -hmm. Because surely if one of them can stay at home, but that's not been the experience of some schools, I gather, where Absolutely. they and have been flooded with demands for uh, requests for places. Exactly. And I think because that announcement was, uh, you know, it was, it was after school shuts around about five o'clock on the Wednesday. Um, and they said, so we're going to close on Friday. So we'll close on Wednesday um, and we're going to shut to key workers and we'll give you the list on Thursday. Of course. So, it, so I was in school on Thursday and of yeah. course, you know, we're, you know, we knew it was coming. So we'd done a lot of planning, yeah. but then it was like, okay, well, so what they want us to, so we kind of knew that they might want us to, to be open for, or cater for some children. I think, yeah. well, who's that then? <laughs> yeah. You know, we all went through it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some schools were reporting that they'd just been absolutely bombarded. Um, mm. In fact, mm. I, you know, I know some schools in, in my area that uh, had uh, huge lists. Um, yeah long lists of people uh, requesting that their child comes into school and mm. they had to be um, well, they had to uh, take some difficult decisions and say, uh, no, no. Exactly. Yeah, uh, and of course, there's all this stuff. We've seen all this stuff in the media, haven't we? Like uh, people who work in um, like pet shops, uh, are they key workers? That was something on Twitter, wasn't it? The, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Pets, you know, so pets they supply pet food so. and mm. uh, yeah, pet, uh, pet food and, uh, and and medicines for pets. So I'm therefore a key worker. So my child comes into school. Um, and the messaging has been a bit all over the place. I mean, again, I know oh, it's course, been a yeah. rapidly changing situation, but um, you know, people who are in the construction industry but working on school buildings saying, "Well, yeah. okay." Yeah, but again, and the thing, the thing is, when that announcement came on Wednesday the 18th, um, some schools at that point had already um, closed either completely or, or partially because 
because they just didn't have the staff. So um, yeah. close to it, I'm up in Leeds, up in yeah. Yorkshire. Um, one of the schools I know nearby, they, they'd, uh, they'd had to close on the Tuesday, on the Tuesday, the day before that announcement, because they just didn't mm. have the staff in. Um, uh, a couple of other schools were beginning to, sh- to shut down. So on that yeah. Thursday, then these messages were coming through. Schools were trying to make some decisions. Is it one key worker? And then, you know, having to ask people questions. Uh, and then that list, which was finally published by the government. And again, you know, you know that they're working under difficult circumstances, but that didn't come out till 10 to midnight. So they did get oh, it on the Thursday. But just... Absolutely crazy. Exactly. And, and, and even then, I mean, the, the sort of the ambiguity is just rumbled on, isn't it? Yeah, um, exactly. Although, you know, I've, I've heard of schools that, that uh, started off with lists in, in the hundreds, secondary schools in the list in the hundreds, and then they managed it to get it down into like uh, double figures, let's say, you know, or low yeah. double figures, where head teachers are just like putting the foot down going, no, no, no. Exactly. There is no. someone at home, they can, they can look after this child. Exactly. Um, yeah, so we're recording so... now on Wednesday the 25th, so it's a week after that announcement. Yeah. And as you say, you know, so schools closed last Friday, um, and then uh, closed, but not closed, closed. So um, they closed, and then people were, key workers were in, children were in, and as you say, you know, as schools were taking, and it would appear from the information from TeacherTap that it was, schools had maybe 5% of children in yeah, um, yeah, yeah. on Monday, yeah. and then schools were pretty much, and at the end of Monday and Tuesday morning, saying to people dropping children off, do you absolutely need to be here? Particularly after the, yeah. the announcement on Monday to say, you know, most people should stay home, you know, uh, yeah. unless you really have a good yeah. reason not to. And therefore, oh, it, a lot of schools have gone down to zero or one or two children yeah. now. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's a couple of things that need to be mentioned. I think that the this has been obviously massively stressful for teaching staff. It's been particularly stressful for senior leaders having to make these decisions. Absolutely. Mm. And I, I really feel uh, for them. Um, mm. Also, I think there's the issue over if you're looking after the children of key workers, then that puts you at an increased risk, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, and that's mm-hmm. stressful for teachers. And, uh, mm. uh, and, and what precautions are being put in place to protect those teachers if the children that they are um, are working with, you know, are at increased risk themselves because their mm. parents are, are key workers. And oh, there's mm. no way around this. You, you no, actually have to no. take this, you know, this is something that had to be done. Those, mm. those children's parents need to continue to work, but it's all mm. quite scary. Um, it is, and it's, and it's evolving very quickly as well, you know, because you know, many people working in schools, the people, those people um, are out and about and people are, uh, you know, uh, are developing symptoms and so on. And therefore the whole uh, um, uh, household has to isolate. I think it is a very changing situation, though, because um, uh, it would appear that given that schools, um, I say, they've changed into this new um, uh, sort of, you know, effectively childcare model. Um, that's all changed quite a bit. But I think that it looks like by next week, things will look very different within in, in schools, which I think is probably mm. a good thing, because uh, the other thing, as, as we all know, is that um, uh, and, uh, many schools are having to look at, still have staff in over what would have been an Easter break, an Easter holiday. Yeah. And as much as, you know, we're all pulling together here, you know, people are beginning to realise, I think a lot of parents are beginning to realise quite how tiring it is to look after children all day, especially if you're trying to get them to learn something. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, let's hope, you know, in, in yeah. however many months we get back to some semblance of, of, of normality. But when we do, yeah. let's hope that people remember that. I mean, I fear that people have short memories, but yeah, 
teaching is I'm not teaching myself, you know, but yeah. uh, my my wife is who I affectionately yep. refer to as Mrs. Sig Plus. Um, <laughs> you know, she is a teacher and she'll be doing yeah. her slot on the rotor in in mm. school. Um, and she works, you know, obviously works really, really hard and she loves her job, um, as I think most most teachers do. Uh, I think that people are going to realise that uh, homeschooling is, is is difficult. Teaching is is difficult when it's just your own one or two children. It's hard. Mm. And uh, mm. I hope that people remember uh, just what a challenging job it is. Absolutely. And maybe we'll have some kind of uh, renewed um, uh, sort of gratitude or, or respect for for teachers um, after, that comes out of this. We hope. <laughs> there have been some great comments from people that are saying, yeah, exactly. After homeschooling my child for eight minutes, I think all school teachers should have a yeah, pay yeah, rise. Right. Half a million quid a year is, is, yeah, yeah. is, is not enough. <laughs> no, exactly. Right. Exactly, because it's all very well looking after children or spending time with children, but I say getting them to learn things, you know, it's not so easy and, and, and structuring that learning as well. You know, particularly yeah. I, I feel hugely for those parents who've got children at home who are, you know, reception year one, year two, um, where the children are, are, you know, they're still learning to learn and they're still, you know, particularly learning to read, which is not a, not a skill that comes easily to, to a lot of children. And, um, you know, if you're one of those parents who your children just learn to read, well, good for you, but it's really yeah. not easy for a lot of people. So as much as I'd love to have a long discussion about teaching, um, yeah. because again, you know, it, it, there's lots of things to be said. I think, you know, it is going to be interesting to see how all this develops because, I say um, schools from next week will um, will definitely have a have a lot more um, time, at least the people working in schools, at least those people who don't have relatives or, or um, family members for whom they need to um, uh, look after and support. Um, so it is going to change quite a lot. I mean, the, the, one of the, the fascinating things from all of the things which we've got um, that came out from uh, the government was the fact that. Uh, in the guidance, which we got early on, because one of the questions we would ask straight away, certainly came to my mind straight away, what does this mean for SATs and for, um, for yeah. school accountability and measurement? Yeah. And so the announcement, again, and this was good to have it on the first day, they, and I'm quoting, I'll put this in the show notes, but they're quoting from one of the documents, we will not go ahead with primary school assessments. That's right. Yep. Yes. Or secondary exams this summer. Yes. And we will not be publishing performance tables. Yes. And they will work with the sector off call to ensure children get the qualifications they need. Yes. So straight in there to say, yep, SATs are not happening. I think this is the first yeah. time, again, certainly in schools, um, and I say I was in schools last week, that people were beginning to realise, oh, this is not going to be a closure for a few weeks or no. maybe a couple of months. No. And no, no, no. actually, yeah, yeah this, is, this is September, this, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. At the earliest. I hope it's September. So mm. we should deal with these... Um, each of these in in turn. Uh, let's mm. should we should we start with the the SATs and then yeah, move so, on to the GCSE because the, the qualifications bit is about GCSEs and A levels and they will get absolutely. the they will get the qualifications. But of mm. course, children will not be getting their SATs. They will not be getting a, a a teacher assessment that's going to be used in uh, performance tables or or in accountability or mm. um, in in progress eight. Uh, in future, yes, so they will yeah. have no baseline. They will have no end point at Key Stage two, which is which is really interesting and unavoidable yeah. but it's really, i think but it, so. it, i yeah. guess it, it, you know they're, they're not mm. replacing it with a teacher assessment no exactly and i think it's probably worth you know as with so many things in school kind of started from the from the child's point of view and then look at kind of the parent's point of view and then going to school yeah. so from the child's point of view again I, I i've been teaching year six um so last week actually a lot of my year sixes were were they were they were expressing disappointment and frustration that they weren't going to be able to sit their sats in school Yes. They wanted to do that because, yes. you know, as much as my school is fairly sensible about the way we prepare, 
but there's still, you know, the, the children know they're preparing for those things. So there's a sense of disappointment from the children that they're yeah. not going to be able to, to show what they've learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, yeah it's understandable. You know, they, they have yeah. sort of built up to it over several years. Um, they've probably by now done a, maybe a few um, mm-hmm. past papers. Uh, yep. And they think, yeah, I, I'm I'm ready for this. I can I can have a shot at this. Yeah. I want to have a go. Uh, exactly. And now they know yeah. that that's not going to happen. Yeah, a couple of the children uh, that I uh, teach um, taught, I suppose I should say now, but that I taught yeah, um, that, that I teach itself. Yeah, were saying you know they were concerned because their biggest concern about Sats was that those results would be used to put place them into um, sets. Uh, in secondary school and they were slightly anxious about that anyway and yeah. then when they knew the sats weren't going to happen they, they, they their questions on on thursday were well what will happen because some of the schools which they were going to do stream from year seven you know um, yeah uh, that would mean the secondary schools as we, yeah. as we know they they do use the sats to uh stream children it might not be purely yeah. based on the sats it might be a combination of the sats plus um an additional test that they do early in year exactly. seven or midway yeah. through year seven um mm. as we know a lot of secondary schools will use um a cat cat test um mm. on on entry so they will no doubt continue to do those uh, their own internal testing and and maybe a cat um early in year seven to uh set children so i guess that will that will continue that will yeah. happen Exactly. So that's going to be interesting for children. I mean, again, talking to year um, uh, two colleagues, yeah, seven-year-olds, six-year-olds, yeah, just, uh, you know, they don't really, they're, they're not aware. So therefore, I, there's, been, there's no effect for pupils that I'm aware of no. in, in most schools. No. You know, it, no. And again, no. you know, so the phonics check that was due to happen in May, reception baseline, uh, well, that's kind of rumbling check. along. The yeah, multiplication, multiplication check. Yeah. This is the uh, inaugural yeah. year, and it's not going not yeah, to happen. So. The reception baseline uh, is yeah. going to get... Um, parts mm. now i assume even though that's mm. it, well i suppose it might not because it's for the well it's for the but i i can't see um how it's going to be ready in time now uh because right. it's not finalized i don't mm. think uh, still well yeah, exactly. i think a lot of that testing's been done that. hasn't it though so again a lot yeah, of yeah the they've reduced they, they produced mm. the validity report um mm. i think they're fairly kind of happy with where it is but let's see i mean it may be that they just go well, we can't roll it out this year there was other tweaks and changes and uh, modifications that we needed to yeah. do. It's not going to happen. So we're not going to do it this year. Um, and also September, again, would you want to be doing the reception baseline this September if we do go back after the no, summer? I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, can't yeah. see it, I can't see it happening. Maybe we're wrong, but I can't see it happening. Yeah, exactly. um, in the great scheme of things, that is not a big deal. No, no, um, exactly. So we'll see what else has so, come from that. But yeah. Hmm. So, so this, this uh, before we talk about GCSEs and A-levels, it's just a really hmm. interesting bit yeah, uh, yeah. we should talk about accountability then with mm. uh, respect to primary schools because of course mm. uh this means well we know that there aren't going to be performance tables full stop this year oh before we do that Jamie, I, I was going to say because so okay. we've got the pupils so parents because the other thing i think is that a load of parents are going to be saying oh, okay so so because we've had you know various parents evenings and, and but schools have got a statutory duty to report to parents their child's yes. attainment so that's going to be an interesting thing which school leaders are going to have to think about how they well, that's handle true. that yeah yeah well so they do have a statutory responsibility to report to parents yeah. Yeah. uh the child a, a general kind of comment or a general indication of a child's progress in in all subjects in the curriculum in, in all it's not just reading writing and maths but in all sort of yeah. aspects of the curriculum um mm. i that i guess they're going to have to do that um mm. i don't know actually i, I yeah. they, they will have done they, they will report 
I, I assume children will have had a report this year at some a point. Lot of, a lot of schools will have reported already, yeah. um, but, so, but so, not all, not all schools. So, so through uh, obviously the work I do with Insight, Insight's got a, like a parent reporting tool, and mm. uh, we're getting a lot of feedback from um fr from users saying this is really useful because mm. it means that we can quickly put together uh, build a template put together a, t a report for parents so they mm. are doing it they're doing it now they are yeah. reporting to parents and they'll yeah. report um in uh y using the sort of the language of their kind of their ongoing assessment so it won't be in the language mm. of sats that you've mm. scored 100 you've achieved the expected standard it mm. will be more sort of general than that that you're sort of working you know, working towards or working yeah. out or, or working above the expected standard, but it won't be based on scores in a test. It will be based on the teacher assessment and that will be reported to parents, I guess, but it will not be reported to the government. Yeah, I think that's the thing is that schools are going to be, and, and again, because we're thinking kind of on a, on a broader level, schools are going to begin to think about these things as to, as to how they're going to report back to, to parents. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, I would imagine a lot of parents at this point, I say, are just trying to, you know, trying to make sense of what's going on. But, uh, but that's certainly something which we're going to have to think about. We say that, you know, they've got a statute, but, uh, statute responsibility, which is mm. true. You know, it's in legislation that they have mm. statute responsibility to provide parents with information about, their, about, about children's learning. But mm. um, is it kind of is everything just i don't know is it all just stopped now yeah, yeah well, exactly. okay yeah. that is that is yeah. responsibility but it's not at the moment exactly so we'll have a look at what well, so, uh, is that paused it has, yeah. has statutory responsibility in terms of reporting to parents being paused schools are doing it yeah but is anyone going to get hammered for not sending a report home no well exactly that's the thing which we need to see how all that uh, how that pans out um, but like I, like I say, I suspect that, you know, I know that, that schools are doing it. Mm, mm. They are, but they won't be able to report on SATS performance, obviously, because they're not doing SATS. No, exactly. And I think it's slightly easier with, uh, you know, with the school years outside of year six, because obviously, um, you know, the schools should have those children back in. But I say, if the year sixes don't go back into your primary school or your um, junior school, yeah. then, yeah, that'll be an interesting thing to see how that moves on. But you're quite yeah. right. I think the other thing then is so the, the more broad picture, the fact that, uh, that I say that the clear guidance there is, um, yep, just as simple as that. We're just not going to be doing um, uh, any primary school assessments. And what they mean is the yes. statutory ones. So, so basically, we're not yes. doing those. So yes. then, as you say, you know, because those are, are, are a key part of the, the accountability uh, framework as it currently stands. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of discussion about that now as to as to what we do. Well, mm. it, it, it means that there will be uh, no uh, performance tables mm. published, public domain performance tables published this year. Yeah. I assume that also means, therefore, well, it can't be a an ASP. Um, yeah. There can't be an ASP. Mm. There, there will still be an ASP system, but it will be empty for this year. <laughs> exactly. There will be nothing mm. for this year. Mm. Um, uh, and I assume, therefore, the IDSR. Mm. And, uh, we, we, well, we, we know that Ofsted has essentially been paused. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pause so, Ofsted. Uh, so, pause <laughs> Ofsted has that happened. Uh, that's a, that I, was I wasn't expecting them to go, campaign. exactly, yeah, to go this far in <laughs> their attempt to, yeah, to pause Ofsted. That's, that's, that's an extreme, but... Yeah, so that Ofsted has been paused. So that, that means no IDSR yeah. this year. There's no data to base nope. the IDSR on. Mm. So ASP, empty, a big hole in it. Mm. No performance tables published um, and, and no IDSR. Um, FFT, uh, those reports as well, mm. nothing. So, uh, well, I, mean, I don't know if FFT have got something else up, up their sleeve, yeah. and that's their right to do that. But, mm. but it, it, there's no statutory 
uh, reporting. Mm. Um, so the performance table is an interesting one because that, that's that's what uh, is provided to parents. It's in the public domain. Mm. It's provided to parents, and it's supposed to inform uh, their decisions about about schools. And that's not going to be there. I mean, I, you, you know, mm. my opinions. We talked about this before. Mm. Do we really need it anyway? And maybe this is an opportunity to pause and reflect on. Yeah, that. I think so. Do we really need? Mm performance tables i i mean I, my personal mm. opinion is i think it's useful for people to have access to information about schools i just don't like mm. the current format i don't like the fact that they say this school is worth one minus 1.8 and is below average and is orange and this one's minus 2.7 and is well below average and bright red and this one's green and this one's and and it's supposed it doesn't provide anyone with useful information no. no one really understands what those numbers and those colors actually mean they think they do it's all it's taking something that's very complicated and and oversimplifying it um and i would rather there was more narrative more context more useful um information around schools and maybe this is an opportunity to do that yeah exactly given that you know we do all the work that we do trying to help people in schools understand what those numbers mean you know the, the chances of parents um understanding them without a huge amount of work on their part is minimal as well exactly so well, they just don't most parents most governors do not know what those numbers mean no. I, I i would i think there's still a lot of senior leaders that don't <laughs> exactly know what those numbers yeah mean. uh so how can it really inform anyone about anything uh, no one hmm. really understands the underlying issues in the accountability system in progress measures and about how um, having high proportions of children with special education needs affect those numbers and all that sort of hmm. thing. Uh, so I think that more narrative, more context provided to parents. That's fine. I'd like to see the end of it. That website is called Compare Schools, mm. the Compare Schools website. I don't like that because it sounds really competitive. It, how about calling it something like about your school and lots of nice, useful information about that school, mm, mm. about the population, about the community of that school. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm just being all John <laughs> Lennon about this, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. But again, but I think, you know, as with all of the things that happen at the moment, this sort of new normal that we're getting used to, I think it's it's making people completely reassess lots of things in terms of, yeah. you know, um, how we structure our lives, how we structure government, how we structure education. You know, it's it's um, it's it's going to be fascinating. But I think one of the key things within this is to say, actually, you know, um, we, we, Ofsted people are having a lot of discussion uh, as to as to what's going to happen with Ofsted because that has been paused, and what should happen in future. And I suspect the same thing yeah. will happen with accountability that uh, that this is going to change things um, dramatically. And then that's a big opportunity for schools, I think, to, to kind of lead that conversation and to to talk to um, to government and say, actually, you know, fine, well, we, we, we're happy with people um, sharing information about schools, and you need to, we, you know, it's probably it's on balance, it's much better that we have information that's available. Um, than having no information at all, but that should be useful and, and meaningful and so on. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so um, no SATs mm. and therefore no performance tables for any school. Mm. Um, but secondary schools yep. are in a different position. No performance tables. So no published data. So no um, ASP, um, no IDSR. Mm. Um, but yeah. But clearly, because they're, but they're the, getting... But the GCSEs and A-levels, yep. different kettle of fish. Yeah. And again, because these are qualifications, because, they're, because they are filtering mechanisms to get you through to the next level of education, if that's where you want to go or of wherever. Um, and yeah, so suddenly then, then the government is... There's announcements and information for you who are dealing with children who are taking GCSEs, A-levels and AS levels. And there, mm. again, there's been a, a huge discussion about that. There was a lot of speculation, um, which, again, to be fair to the DfE, they got information out quite quickly. They put information out um, uh, on Friday, um, the 20th. Yeah. 
um, pretty much straight yeah. away saying, yes, we understand that you've got concerns um, and, you know, we're going to take into account. So largely they're basically saying we're going to um, ask teachers who know their students well to submit judgment about the grade they believe the student would have received if the exams had yeah. gone ahead. Yeah. So so just before that announcement, mm. FFT, uh, sorry, Education Data Lab, mm. um, FFT Education Data Lab uh, wrote a really interesting um, article about how they thought it could be done based on comparable outcomes yep. uh, from Key Stage 2 for GCSE and from GCSE for A-levels, um, looking at prior attainment and the likelihood of achieving each grade to establish a, a likely grade, a probable grade for each child, yep. and then for the cohort, working out the proportions of children that should achieve each grade. Yep. And then maybe adjusting it mm -hmm. on the basis of the school's progress eight scores. Yep. So go, right, OK, so these are the, this is the most likely sort of grade distribution for this cohort. These, sorry, the most likely grade proportions mm -hmm. uh, for this cohort. But we're going to adjust it up or down a bit uh, um, based on your previous year's progress eight scores. and that. Sure. So we kind of thought that's kind of how it will go. Um, and that all sounded likely. But then this announcement comes out. So, well, it's going to be based on uh, teacher assessment. Yeah. But but let's face it, it's not going to be some kind of um, unratified uh, free no. for all, is it? <laughs> yeah. No, no, <laughs> so, no, no, no. no. So, you're, not uh, getting, you're not getting away no. with that. No, no, no. They'll, they'll be. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. So um, th th they will be uh, obviously uh, carrying out a, a study on this. They'll be cross-checking um the these um yeah. uh, grades submitted grades with the the sorts of uh, using the sort of process that data lab yeah. outlines in um in in its yeah. uh, blog a uh, blog post which uh yeah so they're going to be going back saying right okay this looks highly yeah. unlikely considering taking this into account and taking your progress eight scores into account this looks highly unlikely for exactly. this particular child yeah they've said in that in, so, in the guidance that they've said you know the teachers will have to take into account a range of evidence and data including various things on mock exams which again that caused all kinds of issues in schools because you know um for those for yeah. those who don't work in uh, gcse years you know you'll you may or may not no, just you know, the variation between schools. Lots of schools use mock exams in all kinds of different ways. Some of them use them to, to um, encourage students. Some of them use them to scare the life out of students. Um, some of them, some of them mark <laughs> yeah. them very harshly. Some of them mark them relatively leniently. So there's a yeah, big thing so, there. Yeah. So, but they've said that they are going to publish. Yeah, there's a big disparity in. Well, there is in any Absolutely. marking. You know, in any yeah. marking nationally, there's there are problems. We know this, and there's been reports on on uh, the, the 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 kind of disparity in, in grades, the differences in grades. If you get a whole bunch of people to mark yeah. the same paper. Uh, particularly with essay-driven subjects like English and history, um, less so in, in, in maths and sciences, mm. perhaps. But uh, there are it, it's, it's highly problematic. And that's with people who are, who are very well-trained mm. uh, to do this. There are still problems. So there's going to be massive variations between yeah. schools, I guess, in, in the way And it's they, interesting uh, that, um, those, that the, um, um, the information which the DFE put out, they said that they were going to give clear guidance on how to, um, to uh, assess children and submit some assessments. And they'll provide that in time. And then they also said... And then the yes. exam boards, they'll combine the information which you've sent us with other relevant data, including prior attainment, and use that to produce a calculated grade for each student, which will be the best assessment of the work they put yeah. in. You think, yeah, OK, so we're going to take what you've said. And then, as you say, there'll be quite a yes. bit of cross-checking and moderating. Um, and you can oh, just yeah. imagine it's going yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, yeah. I feel for all those people um, who are going to have to do this system, because whatever they come up with, somebody's not going to be happy with. <laughs> but... Yeah. Well, and, and this is yeah. this brings me on to what. Yeah. So this mm. brings my next point that um, the pressure 
that it's going yeah. to put on teachers in secondary schools. Yeah. Um, do you think they're going to start getting uh, lots of contact from well, parents? Yeah. Um, do you think there's going to be a bit of mm. uh, hmm, forceful negotiation? You know, I think parents are going to be yeah. sending these uh, emails. Absolutely, um, particularly for A levels. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of turning the screw. Exactly, a lot of you, look at, you look at the two different things. So GCSEs are, you know, whilst this, you know, clearly they, they, there's a great deal of pressure on them for certain things. Um, I think the A levels are going to get a lot of pressure because that's entrance into into degree level things, and you know um, that's 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 a difficult situation. And the thing is, again, you know, within their guidance, they're saying that they're going to aim to get these these calculated grades. So so schools are going to have to submit something, and then they're going to get moderated, mm. and then the calculated grades will be created, and then those should be given to students. A-level students that they'll get some information by the end of July, um, which will then um, be used for university and and, and uh, higher education entrance. That's all fascinating. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, my my, yeah. my daughter is in the middle of this. So mm -hmm. She's in year thirteen, um, and she still she knows now she will mm -hmm. not be sitting her A-levels. Um, of course, and we'll talk about this in a second, but unless she you know, mm. chooses to do so. So there is Absolutely. supposedly this opportunity for them to take those if they if they uh, mm. if they want to, because some children will. And I, I think, you know, she was she was pretty uh, disappointed. Mm. She's quite philosophical about it, quite disappointed because uh, mm. she's worked so hard for, well, probably about three years, to be honest, through through GCSEs and through uh, year mm. year 12 and, and into year 13. She's still working away now because she knows she knows what she does now will probably yeah. have influence on um bearing on on mm. on those grades so uh you know she's she's got essays to do she's got work to do and she's going to carry on mm -hmm. on work that's interesting so so uh, there's certainly no um exactly. taking your foot off um and again you know we'll probably get um messages in from others as well but obviously you've got children who are in um uh the uh in year 13 so um uh, is schoolwork continuing there and is it being is it mm -hmm. yeah 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 so she's uh, she hasn't completed uh, the oh, course, sure. one, one of her A-level courses, pretty much done mm. in two of the subjects. They've covered most of what they need to cover. But in one of them, they haven't mm. completed it. So there's still mm. stuff to do. Um, so th there are these uh, additional assessments, the, the NEA assessment for history. You know, she's working on that. And that's mm. a big piece of work. Um, and that's, uh, that, that's, that's an important one. That's, that's mm. vital. That counts. So... Um, yeah, there's there's still yes. work to be done, and she's still in communication with teachers, particularly over mm -hmm. that essay, uh, in in trying to get that completed, and that has to be that has to be submitted that's, this Friday. That's my understanding. So, yeah, from, it from keeps various um, people I've spoken to, um, just as to what's happening, say in year eleven GCSE, year year thirteen A level year, um, and a little bit in year twelve as well. But um, uh, that people are. Um, schools are providing um, pupils with clear guidance, expectations, some lessons being taught online, some being taught, you know, in, in a more flexible yeah. way. But there's very clear um, guidance there. Whereas Key Stage 3, um, Year 7, 8, 9, there's, the children are being expected to do things, but it's not quite in the same way as it is in um, 11 and 13. And at primary, it's very different. Yeah. Again, yeah. schools are all over the place. Some schools are you know, are providing timetables and expectation for children at home. But um, but obviously it's very different. But in secondary, well, we're talking here particularly about those those examination years, it's going to be fascinating because I think a lot of that work will be continuing in schools. Um, and certainly by, you know, the third week of April, when we go into the summer term, I can imagine it's going to look quite different for a lot uh, for children in different school years. 
Yeah. Yep. So yeah. all those things are going to go on, and they're saying yeah. that in terms of from a data perspective, they're going to uh, they create these grades. Those will go into um, they'll go into a permanent record. They'll be indistinguishable from what's been provided previously. That's it. So that's you know yep. fascinating yep. to see at that level, at GCSE level. Um, and as you said, they yeah. they they recognise that they're going to have to give students some flexibility if they don't feel they've been awarded a, a grade. Yeah, well, they can, exactly. there's an appeal yeah. process, I believe. Yeah, yeah, so they can appeal it. Um, and there is that opportunity if they want to take them, they hope to give them the opportunity to That's take right, them yeah. in the autumn yeah, exactly. term, possibly. Uh, I'm not sure how that will work with A levels, considering, mm. well, we hope, mm. we hope, we hope, fingers crossed, that um, things will be yeah. back to sort of you know, normality yeah. or whatever that is, um, and that universities mm. will be starting. So, how children yeah. will be children, students mm. will be able to take A levels. Uh, in the autumn term if they are exactly but i think again a lot of people will be thinking about that you know if they get given a calculated grade in july with which they're not happy then we're probably looking at entry in september 2021 and and revisiting resitting things because again it looks like there's from what they've said so far and there'll be more guidance it looks like there's gonna be an opportunity to to take some exams in the autumn is provisionally and certainly next summer provisionally but as you say depending on how things things develop you know Mm. How how would do, mm. how easy would it be for uh, someone starting university to also take their A? No, exactly. I I, know, I, I that... suspect they're probably going to ask um, it to be, um, you know, if you've got grades in July that that mean that you can get into the universities, maybe you can start in September. Um, but if you haven't, I think you're probably going to look at a year mm. out. Which, in the grand scheme of things, is probably no. Is that's not a terrible thing? Yeah. You know, eighteen. Well, it, it would be uh, if lots and lots of people did it because it would have an impact on entry on the entry yeah, for the next year's down the line. You know, if people keep if if, if everyone deferred yeah. or if lots of people deferred, then it would have an impact on on uh, the places available for mm-hmm. the um, current year twelves. Um, yeah, so we'll see how so, all that uh, again, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, uh, so we'll hopefully we'll, well, we'll certainly continue with um, podcasts and see how that develops because we should get some more guidance by uh, say the middle yeah. of uh, April. I would have thought. So yeah, so lots of things to think about now. But mm. uh, if, if if well, yeah, if anyone and if anyone's mm. you know from from the DFE is uh, listening to this, then maybe this is your opportunity to have a a, a radical rethink of the the nature and purpose mm. of the performance tables. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I, th- I think because uh, the, <laughs> the the closest I think I can come to with the performance tables is the situation we had um, in primaries um, in uh, two thousand and ten when there was the SATS boycott, which then uh, had yeah, an effect. And um, so various things yeah. happened then because that then affected primary and secondary school performance tables six years later. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, five years later. Yeah. But, but the, the, the difference there is, and there are obviously lots of different, because it, it was only about, what, 15%, 20% of schools? It wasn't, it wasn't huge. It was yeah. around about that. I think it was about that percentage in my, mm. in, in this county. Um, and uh, anecdotally, I think that it did... Uh, it, it did make you more susceptible right. to yep. Ofsted. Um, I believe that might be, you know, those might that might just be stories. But I, I certainly heard that you know, yep. so that you were more susceptible to Ofsted. That no, I don't think it is this time. <laughs> well, it can't no, be because exactly. everyone's so in the I same think, boat. Uh, so. again, it's, it, clearly, it's a it's a it's a rapidly evolving situation. It's been fascinating to see what's happened so far. Oh, yeah, that announcement, particularly for primaries, yeah. you know, very quickly to say. Right, just you know, stop focusing on this. Get on with what yeah. you're doing. And I think uh, I'm hoping that a lot of uh, yeah. people in schools have um, have taken on board the fact that excellent. This is a big opportunity for us to think about what we're actually doing as we move forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
So we're almost done for this month. Um, at the Data Busters podcast, we publish every month during the academic year and we'll continue through this one. Uh, it's yep. available on all good podcast outlets. Again, you're listening to it. If you like it, please um, you know, give us some feedback, let people know about it, um, recommend us. If you've got any questions, then feel free to send them in. You can send voice um, recordings in uh, via Anchor or however you'd like to, or contact us on Twitter, either at databusting or at jpembroke. Um, so yeah, Jamie, it's a fascinating uh, time because, again, uh, as things slowly find the new normal, it's going to be interesting to see what does happen in schools as they begin to realise uh, things have changed a little bit. Well, uh, well it, I suppose, first of all, is, is we hope that the change is uh, temporary, um, obviously, um, and this mm. isn't too long term. I think, you know, I was saying to you earlier that... Uh, teachers would rather be in school teaching children um, absolutely and they are desperate to get back to that and no doubt mm. children will and and parents as well uh, mm. get back to that um, as, as soon as possible um, but there are I guess there are opportunities we've been talking about this there are opportunities for CPD as well mm. um, so I think so particularly take some yeah. advantage of that yeah, I think so, exactly. And I think, you know, schools, because things are settling down, I mean, I know that schools have been asked to continue with this sort of um, closed but open um, child through Easter. But for a lot, hopefully, you shouldn't be having to go into school all the time. You know, you'll be on some kind of rota. Um, so you'll get some time away from class. Um, and for, uh, for those who don't have responsibilities at home for, for, uh, for others, it gives you, you know, it's going to free things up. So firstly, I'm hoping that everybody does get two weeks off at Easter. Yeah. Um, or the majority of people do get some time off at Easter where they can just say, yes, I'm at home. It's a bit odd. But, yeah. you know, I, at my house, I'm uh, planning uh, trips away with uh, with my children where I'm, where I'm just going to, because, you know, there's lots of universe, um, sorry, museums you can visit. There are, there are um, online performances. So I think yeah. we're just going to choose a online city. Online trips away. Yeah, yeah we're going to choose a city and go to that city. I suspect it's Rome. I've never been to Rome. Look around the museums, you know, watch, you know, some kind of show, whatever. But anyway, I have a bit of a break. Yeah, you over can these do uh, Google Street View sort of tours. Absolutely. Can't you? And well, you can do virtual tours history. of museums. I've been reading about that recently. Yeah. I read something in The Guardian about that recently. Yeah, um, so we're going to do that, take some time off um, over the Easter period, but then come back after Easter and see how the land lies. Because, yeah. again, I think for a lot of schools, you know, certainly the school where I work in, we've been doing loads of work on, on curriculum and, um, and through that also assessment of that curriculum. And again, I think a lot of teachers are going to be finding themselves, you know, it, and it's a luxury. And again, as you said, we'd all much rather be teaching the children, but it's a luxury. You're going to have some time for which you're paid where you can think about what what is going to go on on a, on a macro scale. Well, it, 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 yeah. this, is, this is a point for you. It's, it's situations like this that can make mm. you really reflect on what you were doing because now you're standing on the outside kind of looking in, looking mm. back and thinking, why the hell did we do all those things? We yeah, evidently absolutely. didn't need to do those things. And this is mm -hmm. something that we've been talking about. That's like kind of the whole purpose of the core of our data busting sessions, isn't it? Like, yep. go, what is it you do that you don't need to do? Stop yep. doing that. But, it, but yeah. sometimes it needs, uh, hopefully not something as big as this, but sometimes you do need to step outside and look back exactly. at it and go, wow, that was crazy. Yeah. Why were we doing that? Yeah, exactly. What do we actually want to be doing? And what do we need to do for that? And why are we doing all this other stuff? Exactly. So I think yeah, there's a yeah, big yeah. opportunity. You know, I've been arguing for years that, um, that teachers should have um, sabbaticals every five or six years. 
um, just to give you a break from it because it's relentless. That happens in, the classroom. in some countries, I believe, doesn't it? So there are some countries that do that. Yeah. They do. Um, so because teaching is relentless, it's just exhausting. And for you know, it's always fun when people say, "Oh, you get, you know, you get all these holidays." Well, we work six days a week during term time, pretty much, and you know, you're exhausted by the end of the term. But this summer yeah, term absolutely. is because it's the well. What do we actually want? I think, you know, hopefully some of the work which we've done about um, data literacy, just understanding assessment and uh, and the pros and cons of assessment, uh, it'll give people an opportunity to have a good look at that. So I'm quite looking forward yeah. to it. In many, it, it's, I think, well, either I'm going to get massively depressed about it or actually once we get used to some kind of new normal, there's going to be lots of opportunities. Yeah. So I yeah, think it is yeah. going to be... And- Fascinating on all levels, I think. Yeah. There are opportunities for obviously online learning, um, mm. upskilling, just uh, reading books. You know, so just read a book. Um, so that, that's that's obviously something you can do. Uh, we're, we're looking at um, doing some webinars. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be doing online training uh, for Insight. So schools that use that system, uh, you know, we're doing online training courses, but hopefully doing some webinars on on more sort of general aspects of sort of data and analysis and assessment as well. Yeah, exactly. And I'm looking at, you know, all, all the things which we can do and, and how we can bring that to people and join people together, you know, because people are going to be sitting in their houses and, you know, people are just, I just, they else or engage with somebody else. So hopefully we'll put some of those things yeah. together. And I think all of us yeah, are finding yeah. that um, actually, you know, there's all this, um, all this tech that we've got that we kind of haven't really wanted or needed to use, but now people are beginning to find out how zoom works and how anchor works and you know how google teams and the rest of it and hangouts and the rest yeah, of it yeah yeah so, yeah so there's loads of ways something. to communicate yeah, lots exactly. of ways to communicate and we've yeah. got to keep communicating or keep in touch with each other exactly so anybody uh, if you're out there i hope you've enjoyed this please share it with other people um if you want to get in touch please do um on anything at all particularly on data related um information um i hope you do yeah. get a break at easter um and uh i say we'll sign off as we usually do so keep going Keep data busting.